that uh, Jesus is likewise the head of the church. These are the kind of the three areas we're going to be looking at a little bit more closely. And so we'd like to begin with the first of these, that Jesus, the image of the invisible God. So in verse 15, uh, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? Well, as we consider who the Lord is in this regard, we find that the idea of image here means representation. Uh, We know that man was created in the image of God. In the book of Genesis it tells us that. And so um, when it comes to the origin of man, God created man, um, male and female, and we find that God created man in his own image and his own likeness. Um, and of course we know that according to the book of Genesis that um, the, uh, the fall of man then marred the image of God. That is, it marred uh, who man was. He's no longer as innocent as he was when he was first brought into the world. Okay, so now it's important for you to know then that there is one who does bear the image of God. And that person is Jesus. Jesus bears the image of God. Um, You might say, well, he had a human body. Does that mean his body looked like God? No. That that is not what it's talking about here. Um, He had a normal body, the same as you and I have a normal body. We know he suffered um, pain and suffering. He had he had those kinds of things. He hungered and thirsted. Um, of course, he had a human mother, but he did not have a human father. For we find that um, Mary was conceived of the Holy Spirit of God, and so the uh, Spirit of God came upon Mary, and she was conceived. Uh, and we find that the person that she brought forth was a young child, a baby, we might say, uh, and uh, that Jesus uh, was born into this world with a physical body. Uh, but it isn't the physical body that, it, that bears the most perfect image of God. It is rather the nature to which Jesus possessed. Uh, he is the representation in human flesh of God. The representation. And so um, this should uh, be very important to you when you're thinking in, about, about Christ. For instance, if you're going to trust in someone for your Savior and know the forgiveness of sins by someone, then that someone would have to be a very perfect person would have to be a, someone who could truly represent God in saving you as well as is in saving all those who trust in him. And so this is important uh, to your, your uh, theology. You are to believe then that there is one person who is known as Jesus and that he was born into this world, but he truly was God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so we know in John 1.1, 1, 1, 
uh, we find that truly Jesus Christ is the Word of God. He is the Logos, the Word of God. And um, so the Lord here is described as the image of the invisible God. Uh, Image carries with it the thought at least of two ideas. First, it conveys the thought that the Lord Jesus has enabled us to see what God is like. What God is like. Um, You see, the Bible does say in John 4.24, I believe it is, God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So we know that God is a spirit. He is the invisible God. But Jesus is the best representation. He is the only true representation of God. And that He came to earth, and so He conveys um, that idea in His very person, very nature. His very nature. Conveys the thought that the Lord Jesus has enabled us to see to see what God is like. Now you say, well, I didn't live in the first century. Well, that it is true, you didn't. But you still can, can see uh, the image of the invisible God through Jesus. Now how do you do that? Because the very word of God, this, this book which we have in front of us, has been given by divine inspiration. And the inspiration of the word of God is that Jesus is the image of God. He is the divine logos, John 1.1. 1, 1. He is the way, the truth, and the life, John chapter 14, 1-6. He is that one who was manifested for us. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And so we find that uh, Jesus uh, being demonstrated to us through the very word of God, through the teachings of the Bible, is that representation to us that we can see and know that he is truly the image or representation of God. Now, of course, he becomes, we might think of the word representation as a little bit shallow in this regard. Um, and say, well, he's more than simply, simply somebody who represents God. The Bible says he is God. He is God. Uh, and so this carries the thought, of course, a little bit deeper than the normal view of representation. God is spirit and therefore invisible. But the person of Christ, of course, came in time and space. That is, he came at a particular time in human history to be revealed to um, mortal eyes, as it were. And uh, so the, the image of God... Uh, Jesus is said to be the image of God. Now remember, Paul is writing here under the inspiration of the Bible. An inspiration of the Word of God. And so who is the image? Well, we look back at verse 14. In whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So Jesus is the one, of course, who has come who has died for our sins according to the scripture. It is because of his shed blood upon the cross and the full atonement for our sins that he is able to forgive sins. And it is he alone who is the image of the true invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. 
uh, or creation. And so uh, Christ is the firstborn over all creation. Over all creation. Um, or every created being, we might say. Over every created being. Uh, what does it mean? Uh, we find that, um, of course, it carries that thought that he is in priority relationship with God the Father. He's in priority relationship with God the Father. Now, of course, these terms, you know, they're quite technical when we talk about it uh, because um, uh, when we understand or explain the idea of God, then it becomes quite technical, doesn't it? I mean, because after all, we're talking about God. And Jesus being the true image and representation by nature of God who is invisible, uh, one has to be pretty precise about it. Otherwise, uh, you could end up with God being most anything (laughs) or anyone. (laughs) But in this particular case, of course, we find that the Bible is very clear that he... Uh, is uh, the one who is known in priority relationship with God as the only begotten Son of God. Now, of course, uh, Jerry wonderfully put on the back of your bulletin the verse of Scripture which we're so familiar with. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And, of course, that phrase there, again, is one which applies to Jesus, the only begotten Son of God. Now, that goes to the, this whole idea of Jesus being in priority relationship with the Father, in priority relationship. There is no other person known as the Son of God. There is no other uh, idea being, being conveyed here. Uh, that has of any particular importance except in Jesus. And so um, this particular idea here, um, the word uh, being used is a priority of position. It's uh, a long Greek word. I won't bother to give it to you. You probably won't remember it anyway, but it means priority of position rather than origin. You know, we think of somebody who is the firstborn of someone, you might say, oh, it's my first, firstborn child. Um, but it doesn't convey that so much as it does the priority of origin. Where did Jesus come from? You see, he came from God the Father. That's where he came from. He came from God the Father. And so as we talk about the triunity of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they are three elements or personages, as we would better call them, of the Godhead. And so Jesus came forth from the Godhead. He came forth from the Godhead. He is of priority origin with the Father in heaven, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. And so uh, this is important to our relationship with God. And it is important to your prayer life that you know that you are praying and truly God is 
hearing your very prayers because what do you do? You pray in Jesus' name, you see. You, you come to the Father and you, you pray and you ask of your request or give your petition or perhaps you are praying for someone else and uh, that you are praying for them. You are interceding on someone else's behalf uh, for their particular need and you believe that the person that you are praying for uh, will truly have... Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ as that one who will take care of their need. And so you are praying and you are praying and, and so Jesus is very important to know who Jesus is, that he is truly the Son of God, that he is, is in priority relationship with God the Father. And so the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Well, when it comes to some practical application to your life, um, you might also remember that to know this is to know Jesus truly as God. If he is in priority relationship with God the Father, and he came forth from God the Father, uh, and uh, he is your Savior, then you can trust in him and many ways as you, as you continue to walk with God. Your trust in God becomes much more um, important when you know that Jesus Christ is truly came forth from God the Father. And so it, it impacts not only what we think about God, it impacts our personal lives as we talk to God, as we go about our activities as believers and, and daily walk with God. And some, you, perhaps somebody will challenge you and say, oh, why do you believe that Jesus is God? He probably was just a, a good person, you see. And uh, they probably would challenge you upon your belief. Uh, but because you know that the Bible says that Jesus truly had his, had his beginning as the Son of God and came into the, came to the earth to be born into this world that He might be the, the uh, human representation of the invisible God. You have this information here, you see, that will, that strengthens your idea and faith of God. Now, it is, many times our words are quite inadequate to express all these things. But once you know it in your heart, then it is important to you personally. You see, somebody might try to challenge you upon your idea of God and your idea of who Jesus is. But if you know Him as your own personal Savior, that doesn't make a lot of difference. What matters is that you know Him. And because you do know Him, these things will only strengthen your idea of who Jesus is. It will strengthen your belief in Jesus. And so uh, they're important to your thinking. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of creation? We find that Jesus came forth from the Father and He is the image or the representation of God to man. Uh, secondly, here we see in verse 16, 
For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. Uh, so in this, this next verse here, um, of course we know this kind of thing is being challenged all the time, that Jesus was the creator of all things. Because uh, natural philosophies do challenge this. Evolution challenges it. Evolution, of course, purports that man uh, didn't have an immediate creation by God. Uh, And the world didn't have a a very quick um, creator that created in in six days, um, as we believe. Uh, But... You know, evolution tries to comp- uh, compromise upon this by saying other things. They'll say, well, actually those days meant eons of time rather than uh, six normal literal days. Or And so they, they begin to try to whittle away at this whole idea of uh, God being the creator of all things. But here we find that Jesus Jesus himself, we know that in the book of Genesis again, it says in the beginning God created. But here we find that as God is in priority relationship with God the Father, as he came forth from God the Father, as he was truly with God the Father, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God. As Jesus was with God the Father in the beginning, Jesus was, as it is given here, um, the one who is also responsible in creation. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth. So whether we're talking about heaven above or the earth beneath, whether we're talking about the visible or the invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And so this whole idea here of God uh, creating Jesus is very much responsible in this whole idea of creation. Um, And so here again, uh, what does this do about your belief system? Do you see Jesus as just a man who came into the world and and was martyred? Or do you see Jesus as truly the Son of God, the incarnate Son of God, the one who came from God the Father, who had his uh, origin in the Godhead, and that he came forth and he took upon himself human flesh, and that he is credited with bearing the very nature of God, and so is the image of the invisible God, that he is the one who also spoke the very worlds into existence, you see. Now this puts God in in a very godlike position here. Um, Not simply just a man, but one who created all things, visible and invisible. And um, so it throws evolution right out the picture. It, it throws any idea that of theistic evolution, that somehow uh, there was God, and then God allowed things to evolve over many, many thousands or perhaps millions of years. It throws that out the window, and it gives every bit of credit to God and that Jesus Christ spoke these things into existence, and that he himself 
is responsible for this. By him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. Now, immediately we might say that this idea of thrones and dominions and principalities and powers may be world thrones and dominions and principalities. But actually, the, the Greek word indicates that it's talking about angelic powers and dominions and principalities as well. Now man, of course, was created in, in the image and likeness of God. And we know that man fell. And we know that uh, various civilizations and various kings and powers that be do rule. And truly God is over all the earth. But before the earth existed, God created angels. God had, had uh, powers and dominions and, and principalities in place long before man ever came on the earth. And God still has them in place. And God does have his angels and hosts of them. And we know that the book of Revelation reveals those. And we know that angels were involved in the Old Testament and, and, uh, and were God's messengers and did certain things for God uh, on his behalf. And we know that God appeared in what appeared to be angelic form at times, theophanies as, it, as they are sometimes called, where God is represented in an angelic appearance. Um, and there are many other, of course, demonstrations of God in the Old Testament. But the one who demonstrates God most clearly is, of course, Jesus Christ himself, is Jesus. And so um, we read in the early chapters of the book of Hebrews, Verse 1 says, God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, that's the Old Testament, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, Jesus, remember he is in, in priority relationship with God the Father, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. You see, Jesus uh, spoke the, the worlds into existence. Jesus had a priority relationship with God the Father in origin. And he is of the Godhead. And he came forth by divine incarnation into the world. And he is the, the, the natural divine representation of God because the nature of God was truly made known to us through him. And he has come into the world. In verse 3, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. So here it is. Jesus, Jesus himself, the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. The express image of his person. He is in the image and likeness of God. It is his nature that is demonstrating the true nature of God. 
in the world. And you can know that. And, and you need to know that. And you need to believe that. Because that will move and shake everything that happens in your life when you, you know that He is the true God who created all things by the word of His power. You see, this is, this is the God we're talking about here. And, uh, and so we, we want to rec- recognize uh, who He is in the Scripture. And um, also, if we read verse 4 in the same chapter in Hebrews 1, he says, "...being made so much better than the angels hath appointed by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they." So he is greater than the angels. Well, Jesus created even the angels. You see, he created, he created the, uh, the heavens and all things, uh, and thrones and dominions and principalities and power, powers. All things were created by him and for him. And for him, you see. Uh, this, is, this is God. This is, this is Jesus Christ. This is, the, this is the, the one that we're talking about, our Savior. The one who came and died for our sins according to the Scriptures. And of course, he, just because He died for our sins doesn't mean that's the end of it. No. He rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures. You see, he was resurrected. He is the firstborn of every creature. That is, the one who came back from the dead and was resurrected in body, but of course he was eternal in spirit. He is the eternal God. But he resurrected in bodily form. Yet, it was such an, uh, a, a resurrection of body that even his disciples did not recognize him. Even Mary did not recognize him at the tomb. Even the two on the road to Emmaus didn't recognize him. He, re- he had to reveal himself to everybody that he met after that. He had to reveal himself, and he did reveal himself. And, by the way, he has revealed himself to you. You see. He has revealed himself to you. Now, when we think about that, just think about that for a moment. They didn't know him after the resurrection. You didn't know him until you was resurrected to life. Until you became a believer. Until you recognized Him as true Savior and Lord. They didn't recognize Him after the resurrection. But He revealed Himself. You know, God revealed Himself to you as well, you see. Because He is God. Because He can do that thing, and only He can do that that thing of revealing Himself to you. So He revealed Himself to you. And he is, the, he is the image of God. He is the first begotten of God in that He is a priority in origin, in relationship to God the Father because He is of the Godhead. And because He is the creator of all things, both visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. And by Him, of course, all things consist. And so it says in verse 17, and, be, and He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. Now this is called the preeminence of Christ. Christ was before all things, you see. Now there is, of course, um, of some late time now, scientists are trying to um, create dark matter. 
they have they have made a a uh, um, a great atom collider of sorts um, between I guess it is uh, Switzerland and France. I think it's Geneva. Yeah, yeah. And this great big collider covers a huge area. Now, I don't pretend to be a scientist, but they're trying to create dark matter. They're trying to take apart the atom. You see, by him, by Jesus, all things consist. They're trying to make themselves God. Man is trying to make himself God. And so this is, this is science, you know, what science wants to do. Science wants to go to the stars. Now, whether they, they actually get very far, I'm, I'm not convinced. From everything that we know, um, you would not even come back from Mars anytime soon. <laughs> Say nothing about the moon. <laughs> um, and to go beyond that, probably it would take generations of people to go and to come back. Um, to say nothing about all the things you encounter as you try to go into outer space and and to conquer that. No, uh, Star Trek was only just a movie. Uh, quite a long-running one, but it's just a movie. That's all it is. Um, even William Shatner took a little ride on a spaceship, you know, but it's the first time he ever did it. <laughs> and he's like... 80 something, oh, I guess I don't know how, just how old he is, but I guess he's more than, more than 80 years old now. Um, but, you know, man is trying to become God. Well, that's what the New Age religion is, isn't it? You know, man, man wants to become God. Man wants to achieve Godhood. But that isn't possible. That isn't possible. There's only one true and living God, and that is Jesus Christ. And He is revealed to us in the Scriptures. And we find that God is going to uh, accomplish His purposes through Christ, as He is the one who has created all things, and by Him do all things consist. Thirdly, in verse 18, He says, And He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Now, um, this becomes important too. All of this is so important to what we believe about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came forth from the Father. His origin and uh, a relationship came forth from the Godhead. And uh, he is credited with creation. He is God. And he came down to the earth that he might redeem mankind from their sins because man can't save him, save themselves. And we find that uh, in him, through him, and of him is the Godhead. He is the head of the body, the church. Now the church is the ecclesia. It is the called out assembly of believers. And, you know, as we would like to say, the church is the people. Well, they are the people. But they are more than just people. They are born-again people. They are those who are born from above. They are those who acknowledge Jesus Christ as the one who came in the fullness of time, born of a virgin. They are the ones who believe that 
that he that he is the true redeemer that he is the one the anointed Christ that they spoke about in the Old Testament. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And by his chastisement we are healed. Christ. Christ in the Old Testament. Um, Isaiah 53 is called the Gospel of the Old Testament. Because it reveals Christ to us. That he was wounded for our transgressions. Uh, so we find that Christ is so important to our understanding of all of this. The image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every created being, and He is the creator of all things in heaven and in earth. These are, these are divine theological principles, but they are so practical, they are ones that you need to know yourself. Because if you don't know them, you don't have faith in Christ. Not true faith. You might believe, believe in anything. You've got to believe that He truly is and that He is God, you see. And, uh, and, and so we find that uh, He is the head of the, the body, the church. He is at the head of the church. He is the one who, whom we call our head. And truly, we are the body. Believers are the body of Christ. Uh, who is the beginning the firstborn from the dead. And so the, um, the dominion of the Lord Jesus not only covers our natural universe, it also extends to our spiritual life. He is, he is the creator of the natural universe. He is the creator in our spiritual life as well. And so he is the head of the body, the church. All believers, all believers in the Lord Jesus Christ during this dispensation are formed into what we know as the body of Christ or the church. All believers. And so he is the head of the body. And of course, through the head we get all our um, functions in the church. Well, you think about that in the natural body too. If you didn't have your head, my, you know, they off with your head. Pretty, pretty severe kind of stuff, wasn't it? <laughs> Not much happened after that. <laughs> no, the Jesus is the head. Jesus, we get all of our uh, bodily function through the head and Jesus is the head of the church and so he, he is that one who is the author and finisher of our faith as the scripture says in the book of Hebrews and so we find that uh, he is the beginning we understand this to mean the beginning of the new creation in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 14, it says, And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Jesus is the beginning of the creation of God. And by him... All things consist. And so he is, he is the head of the church. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Why? For it pleased the Father that in him 
should our fullness dwell. It pleased the Father. And so God means that uh, Jesus, God the Father means that His Son, Jesus, who is in priority relationship to Him, who is in the image of God, has the very divine nature of God and the true image of the invisible God, the very one by which has spoken all things into existence, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were by Him and created by Him and for Him. In Jesus Christ, you see, it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. It was God's design that Jesus should have the preeminence. Should have the preeminence. And so we find that God holds the preeminent glory in the person of Jesus Christ. He is that preeminent glory. And so, as we recognize that we find our reconciliation unto God the Father through Christ, the next verse then reads simply this, And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in in heaven. And so Christ is our reconciliation unto God the Father. We fell in the Garden of Eden. Man sinned against God and sin came into the world. And we lost our communion and fellowship with God. But through the Lord Jesus Christ we are reconciled to God the Father because Jesus is truly the image of the invisible God. He is the divine, natural representation in nature of God. He came to earth that he might be known to us as Savior and Lord. So I trust that you truly appreciate who Christ is and what he has accomplished for us. And as you think about this passage of Scripture, which you should uh, meditate upon and think about and pray about and ask the Lord to reveal more to you, we know there is much more that can be said on this subject. But He is the image of the invisible God. Shall we pray? Loving Father, we give thanks to You for the blessings You give. Thank You, Father, for Your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, that you sent him into the world, that he might be revealed to us as the image of the invisible God, the one who created all things and spoke all things into existence, the one who truly is responsible for reconciling us back unto the Father through his own precious blood as he shed it freely for us, that we might know the forgiveness of sins by the blood of Christ. And so we give praise and thanks to you, Father, asking for your blessing upon your word and your work in Jesus' name. Amen. For our closing hymn, let's turn to number 99 in your hymnal.
He leadeth me. Number 99.